0: Welcome to another weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero.
1: You can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at underscore McGee on the IG.
0: And you can follow this show, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast programming from We Are Regal Radio, aka War Media, by simply go to, going to our website at www.wearerregalradio.com. You can also go to wherever you download your podcast on all podcast platforms, including Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, and that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can watch us on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can only listen to us, but watch us do our thing.
1: All right. Like, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: Yes, we got a lot of things to cover. So let's get to it, Lakina. We'll start off with um, some National Football League. Talk is championships weekend, championship Sunday to be exact. We have both the AFC and the NFC title games taking place. First up is the NFC title game, which will take place in Lambeau, Field at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Fox. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady, taking on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Earlier in the season, the Green Bay Packers were smashed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road 38-10, lakina let we'll dig right through this thing as we always do uh, here's my headline for for this game. What happened in the regular season i 'm just going by common sense it's not going to be the same story
1: <laughs> Well, I think there are multiple reasons for that right I mean, you had it it was in september and it were in Tampa and it was warm. october oh october well, early october i think and it was and mm-hmm. it was warm and you know it, it just, just so much has changed i mean. I, I think, you know, the Bucks kind of caught the Packers off guard, so they were kind of on a roll early in the season, and, you know, Tampa Bay just, just you know, came right in, you know, like gangbusters, but that's not going to be the case this, you know, this time around, I don't, at least that's just my opinion, um, you know, but the defense, you know, the Packers defense is a lot better, they're actually now like in the top 10 or 12, so overall and then you know the, the defense is pretty the defense bucks is pretty good too and then you know of course you had mm-hmm. the brady versus rogers matchup that everyone's looking forward to so i'm excited to see who who which team will make the bigger play i mean whether it's going to be a little snowy a little cold down in lambeau so you know brady's used to it because you know he played in, in new england mm-hmm. for many years but you know, wonder how the other you know the other players are you know, for the bucks are gonna you know adjust to that so well, weather be a factor. That's going to be a lot of questions that people are going to be asking.
0: And speaking of the weather, the Buccaneers are one in 16 when the temperature is 32 degrees or or colder. Let me repeat that. I heard this this morning. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in the history of their franchise, are one in 16 when the temperature is 32 degrees or colder. Guess which game they won when it was colder than 32 degrees. I actually watched this on game on YouTube last night.
1: Oh, really? Hmm oh uh which one was it was it here no it was here okay wasn't was it what were wait were they they can't could have been in green Bay. could it no okay
0: i'll give you one more guess
1: (laughs) oh one more uh hmm. was it oh was in new york where they're playing the giants or the jets
0: no but you were close the 2002 NFC title game, oh, it was between yes, the Buccaneers Philly. and the Philadelphia Philly, Eagles. That yes. was the last game at that terrible Veterans Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and the Buccaneers won that game 27 10. Of course, Ronda Barber wrapped up that game with a pick six return for a touchdown. Of course, everybody was excited in Philadelphia. Oh, this was the time that the Eagles would go to the Super Bowl. Of <laughs> yeah. course, it wasn't meant to be. Of course, a couple years later, they got TO and they went back. But that was the first, that was the second of four straight. If I have it correctly, four straight title game appearances for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a second of four in a row. Of course, Tampa Bay got them. Of course, people um, may not remember, but early in that in that in that season, Philadelphia beat the Buccaneers 20 to 10, and that was an ugly game. Of course, I think the year before or uh, a couple years before that, uh, Philadelphia beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Of course, that was when Tony Dungy was the head coach, but. At that time in 2002, Tampa finally got over that hump against Philadelphia. That's the only game in the history that, that they have won when the temperature was colder than 32 degrees. The, excuse me, the game time temperature for that game was 29 degrees. So
1: and it was the very, Buccaneers
0: overcame that that day. It that was day.
1: Very, Yeah, it was very windy too that day, I remember. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes. But getting back to present day, uh, if you remember the game plan for the Buccaneers defense – it was to blitz Aaron Rodgers every chance they got. It, of course, it worked, and Aaron Rodgers had his worst game of the year. It's not going to be the same story. My question is for the Buccaneers defense, can you disguise uh, coverage to fool Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is not easily fooled. And the question will be when to blitz and when not to blitz because Aaron Rodgers, as we've seen throughout the season, he could pick you apart, especially using his tight ends like Robert Tunya.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So well, it's just interesting the you know, watch is actually pretty good at sort of you know recognizing you know the coverages, the disguise coverages too. So, and I'm sure you know they'll, I'm sure the Bucks will, tr- the defense will try to kind of blitz them, you know, probably even more so that maybe they, maybe the you know the Packers have there mm-hmm. depend on Aaron George and the rest of the running backs too. So, like I said, it's gonna be depend on. Okay, you know, will. Will the running game be a factor? Um, who will be blitzing more? Because you gotta think the Packers. The Packers are pretty good at, blitz, at blitzing too. So you wonder, are they mm-hmm. gonna be blitzing Brady? So and you know he's not very mobile either, especially with you know being him being forty-three. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see what, what you know the Packers defense have in store for Mr. Brady.
0: You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. So we break down the NFC title game between the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It will take place this Sunday at 2.05 p.m. at Lambeau Field. Going back to the Buccaneers' defense, Lakina. I wonder who's going to cover Devontae Adams for the whole game. Will you double him? And if that's the case, will he uh, leave, leave uh, the other Green Bay wide receivers open like, like uh, Valdez, Scanlon, and Lazard? And as I mentioned just a second ago, will Robert Tunya have a big game for the Packers from the tight end position?
1: Well, yeah, because you know they'll have a very Herculean task. Whoever, whoever it is, well, whether it's Winfield Jr., you know, whether it's Jordan Whitehead, he's questionable, or Sean Murphy Bunting, I think, but I think they're, they'll they're, both of them are questionable. But I think they should be clear to play, from what Bruce Arians said. Oh, you know, unfortunately for the Bucks, Antonio Brown, we just found out about just over just about an hour ago, maybe a half hour ago, that he's going to be out. So that's going to be a big factor factor two I mean will you know Mike Evans you know Chris Godwin will those guys be a factor two will the Gronk will the Gronk be a wild card for mm-hmm. the Green Bay secondary so of course that's another Herculean task too. have <laughs> whoever gets to has to guard Gronk so it'll be interesting to see you know who secondary steps up
0: yeah let's also too let's focus in on the running games for the for both teams of course the Green Bay Packers last year they leaned heavily on Aaron Jones this year, he's still putting up good numbers, but not as much only because the ball is at Aaron Rodgers' hands. Of course, Aaron Rodgers had an extraordinary career season, passing for 48 touchdowns. So he should be your league MVP. But with that being said, last year, Likina, uh in this spot, Green Bay, they mirrored the San Francisco 49ers, which they ended up losing to in that in that title game last year by running the ball and playing Divas. They got smashed up front. If you're the Packers, do you re- you obviously what happened a year ago at this time will have to motivate you? But we said this all year, Lekina, and we said this last year too during our radio show. Against physical teams, the Packers always fold. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same story, but it's got to be in their mindset coming into this game on Sunday.
1: Oh look, I'm sure what happened last year, where they just got bum rushed by the Forty ers I'm sure it's still etched in their brain. I think I heard, I think I heard one of their defensive guys. I forgot which one. Say that. Look, we we remember what happened last year, and we don't want it to happen to happen this year. So I'm thinking that the like like we like we just I just said a minute ago. You know, Adrian Amos. You know, you got to wonder is he going to have to guard Gronk or you know Darnell mm-hmm. Savage, who's had a pretty good year. And also to Kevin King. I mean, those are probably gonna be the have to be the unsung awesome heroes for the Green Bay defense. And also in that front seven, will they be able to slow down Lena Fournette and Ronald Jones for the Bucks? I mean, that's gonna be sort of the sort of another key factor here, the keys, if you will. You know, Alan Lazard, you know, will leave him open as well. You know, I'm sure they're gonna have like 12 guys, you know, trying to guard Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon, like you said, Sid. I mean. This is going to be very interesting to see what, what they do here. Will they depend on the running game? You know, which, which team will use their running game more, I think. And, you know, I think this is going to be a very interesting, a very close game. I, know I heard I'm hearing people say that it's going to be the Packers in the blow, and I just don't think that's going to be the case.
0: Unless Brady's hurt, I don't see that either. We'll make our picks later. But I'm glad you brought up the running game, especially for Tampa Bay. Both uh, Ronald Jones and Linda Fournette had to have monster games for Tampa Bay because, as you mentioned, Brady's 43 years old. And the offensive line has to be up to par as well. No silly penalties or anything of that nature. They have to have a, a, a stonewall mentality Excuse me, of protecting Tom Brady. Like uh, Like we said before, if you protect Tom Brady, great things will happen. Yes, he's going to miss some throws because of his age, but if you give him a solid running game, it takes pressure off of him. If you don't have a solid running game, and we saw that in the last couple of years with the New England, in his stay with New England minus that twenty eighteen championship, uh, he's not up to the challenge given his age. So one of my keys for Tampa Bay is: can you run the ball consistently, and can you wear it down that Packers defensive front?
1: Also, you know, moving the ball down the field. I mean, you got. To, I'm sure both teams are going to want to keep the other off the field by you know using the running game. You know, probably a little bit <laughs> more than they really. They usually do, so that that's gonna be another key too. I mean, will will they will either team use the running game to sort of melt the clock, keep the other, you know, guys off the field, and just you know, win it that way? I mean, you know, I don't think this is gonna be like one of those nine, six, ten, seven. I don't see that. I don't see that. I think it's gonna have to be in the twenties. But I, I think don't be surprised if you know at least early on that whoever wins the toss or whatever, you know, who has the ball early in the first quarter will probably, you know, depend on the running game more.
0: Also, too, Lakini, I'm glad you brought up this guy's name from Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski. He's been in my aid throughout these playoffs. This is a perfect spot for him to have a big game, especially as I mentioned before. If Tampa Bay has a strong running game, it it opens up options for Tom Brady, especially down the field, Rob Gronkowski. This is what Tampa Bay brought him for in the offseason, luring him out of retirement. And this is a, a big stage for Gronkowski. He's been there before, obviously with Brady in his days with New England. He's been MIA so far. This is the time for him to step up. I'm looking forward to him having a big game.
1: Oh yeah, I, I think that I think he's due for a big game, and that's why I said I, I feel whoever, whether it's Amos or you know King, whoever has to guard Gronk. I mean, look, it, it's always a Herculean mm-hmm. task to, to guard Gronk for many reasons. Yeah. But, <laughs> But I mean, I'm sure if you know, maybe if you if you try to make him a non-factor, perhaps maybe try to do what you can to kind of contain him, then maybe Brady would have to, you know, maybe have to depend on Good Goodwin, you know, God, what I should say, and um, Mike Evans, you know, if they're able to play because they they're both banged up. So we'll see because we don't, we already don't, don't know Antonio Brown's out, so that's going to be very interesting to see the health of some of these teams. I mean, you know, they have a lot of guys banged up in Tampa, and especially on the offensive side, so. You kind of wonder, will that be a factor,
0: too? I think it would be a, a factor, maybe even bigger factor, if they cannot run the ball uh, effectively. And you, uh, we brought up Tom Brady's name, name again, bringing up the Packers' defense. When and if – now, I don't think it's a question of if, but when do you blitz Brady if you're, you're the Packers? Because I don't think that you're going to do it uh, the majority of the time or every time. That's just not going to happen when are you going to pick your spots to blitz Brady? Will it be on the second down or will it be on third down when he's not expected? Like you mentioned, again, because of his age and lack of mobility. I think the question is for the Packers defense, can you pick the right time to surprise Brady and blitz him? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, like, and then we saw, we saw it, you know, in last weekend's game against the Rams. I mean, the Packers actually did pretty well, you know, with the blitz. You know, blitzing Jared Goff, and they they actually sacked a few mm-hmm. times. So you gotta think that they'll probably try to bring that same game plan to Brady, especially since like like we've been saying, Brady's forty three, and we know he's not very mobile. Even if we when he even when he was younger, he wasn't he wasn't very mobile. He wasn't he wasn't you know designed to be a mobile quarterback. So, and Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. even though he's third, he just turned thirty six a couple of weeks ago. He's still, you know, he's still pretty well, and I know he probably doesn't want to use it as you know as much you know, since he's over thirty. But I'm sure he'll he'll bring it out if he wants to, if he needs to, if he has to.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Aaron Rodgers can still get out there and run. He doesn't have his young legs like he did a few years ago. But like I said, if you're me, you really don't want, don't want to have to depend on that because Aaron Rodgers is not Michael Vick. That's why you have Aaron Jones back there running the ball. So uh, if if Rodgers has the chance to run out of danger, he can still do But if you're Green you don't want to have to depend on that for the whole game.
1: Oh no, absolutely not. So that that's probably the one thing that you don't want to do. And like I said before, I mean, it's going to be what the game plan is. And like like we've been saying, I'm sure look the Packers remember what happened last year. The 49 I'm sure they have they remember what happened earlier in their their, their meeting their earlier meeting back in early October mm-hmm. against the Bucks. So, but they're in their turf, and it's going to be cold. So that's, you know, that'll be
0: interesting to see what they do there. It will be interesting. Let's see who we – who do we have winning this game. I will go first, even though our picks don't count, but <laughs> that's behind the scenes. But as hard as you know what I am cheering for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. I have to go with my head here. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I know this is Aaron Rodgers first title game on his home turf at Lambeau. I just feel that Green Bay, it's almost like last week, I think last week's game against the Rams, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what people think. It's not going to be the same story like it was back in early October. I just don't see it from either side. I think Tampa will kind of hang in there, but Green Bay will pull it out at the end. It may come down to a field goal, which I think special teams will be a factor as well, especially given the weather report. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think, but in terms of the snow and the cold. It's going to be cold, but I think that Green Bay will have enough to push through, and I have them winning this game
1: 26-23. I'm also going to pick the Packers, and like I said, I think it's going to be the score. It's going to be the 20s. I think – I'm actually going to go beyond. I think Aaron Rodgers will have a final you know game-winning drive. We've seen him do that, and I think he's going to give it to mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. <laughs> you know for that score for that last minute score and it's going to be 2024 packers and it will be going back to the super bowl and the mud has the packers so it's a sweep there
0: Always a clean sweep of uh, us being wrong as Chicago fans, but <laughs> that too is another story. You listening to Second City Sports Weekend Edition, along with Lakinda McGee, I am Sydney Brown, as we break down Championship Sunday from the National Football League. Let's move on to the American Football Conference title game. That's between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. It will take place. This game will take place in Arrowhead Stadium Sunday at 5.40 p.m. Central Standard Time on CBS. The Kansas City Chiefs are coming off their victory last Sunday afternoon against the Cleveland Browns. Patrick Mahomes was knocked out of the game due to concussion protocol. Uh, He's on track to play this Sunday. On the flip side for Buffalo, they've won their two playoff home games against Indianapolis and against the Baltimore Ravens last Saturday night. They are coming in with high confidence. They are ready to go, Lakina. I'll start with you from this headline. This should be an offensive shootout. Am I overreacting, or do I need to come back down to earth?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't look. I don't think you're, you're overreacting. I think this could very well be a very high scoring game where we might we might see some thirties and then you know in this game it could be first of thirty five or forty ends up winning it because both both the defenses you know they're opportunistic but all, they're also very suspect. So I, I think it's going to be whose offense makes more plays. I mean, how, you know, is – will Patrick Mahomes be 100%? 100%? And I think that's still – that's the factor. Because it's not just a concussion. He's nursing. He's also nursing a toe injury that he's been having to deal with, with for the last couple of weeks. So will the running game be a factor for them? You know, do you do you try to maybe – do you – will? Edwards, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, will he be able to play? Because remember, he didn't play last game. He's been, you know, these mm-hmm. struggling with the with ankle injury. Will Daryl Williams be that guy? You know that, you know, will he sort of be sort of the X factor here in this game? And for the Buffalo Bills, you got of course you got you know Devin Singletary, and of course Josh Allen was, you know, you could probably say that he can make a case for MVP. But we you know, will again, will Dev Devin Singletary, will he be a factor in the run game for the Bills? And also also too, I mean, of course you got Stefan Diggs and some of the other wide receivers from Buffalo and you know Josh Allen look he's a little bit mobile too. We we've seen him do it a few times this mm-hmm. year. <laughs> in some cases to win games. Um you know, it's gonna be very interesting interesting though. Like you said, you know, we got we have Cole Beasley, you know, Dawson Knox. You know, will he be, you know, sort of an X factor there on the defense side? Of course, you got Ed Oliver, the rookie from Houston. You got Quinn Jefferson. You got Micah Hyde, who's a veteran safety. Tre'Davious White, of course, was a Pro Bowler corner. So I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna try to blitz and try to take advantage of the fact that May Mahomes isn't 100. percent So could you know the defense get a turnover? They did look they they did it against the Ravens. So if they. Can they probably have to it against the reigning NFL MVP? We shall see. What do you think?
0: Uh, going to the Buffalo Bills, and I've been saying this to people all week, the running game has to be on point if you're Buffalo with Devin Singletary. You have to keep that Chiefs defense on his heels, and they're weak at, at the uh, linebacking court, and that's what, what, what I'm going to bring up right now. Tyler Croft, they're tied in, and you mentioned Knox as well. If the running game is on point with Singletary, it opens up the game for Josh Allen. You can hit those two tight ends because, let's be honest here, Lakina, Stephon Diggs is going to get double, probably triple covered at some <laughs> point during the game. And on the defensive side for the Chiefs, especially in that secondary, Tyron Mather, who had an interception last week's victory over the Browns, he's a physical safety. So he's going to cover one of those tight ends, mm-hmm. and they may use him to cover Stephon Diggs. It depends on what offense – offensive formation that the Bills will use. So uh, the running game is going to be key for Buffalo. Number two, no penalties, no false starts, nothing to that extent because even though it's still going to be a big crowd in Kansas City, the fans will still bring the noise, and the Chiefs can bring the intensity, uh, especially on their defensive line. No penalties, period. They have to run the ball. You have to play (laughs) So uh, those are the two keys I'm looking for for Buffalo from the offensive side of the ball.
1: And I would say, you know, I think you just bring up, you brought up, I'm glad you brought up uh, the Chiefs defense. Like you said, Tyron Bathroom, I'm sure we'll probably be seeing him and Stefan Diggs together a lot. <laughs> that's probably what, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that's probably what's going to end up happening. And also, too, you know, Daniel Soros and the Shavarius Ward, you got to think, you know, they'll probably be a factor, too. Um Nicole Hardman, the wide receiver. Yeah, I think he'll probably get some touches as well. I'm sure they'll be they'll be have they'll have guys, you know, the Bills will have some guys covering Kelsey. So mm-hmm. wondering also Tyree killed too. So that's another that's two those two guys, you know, from the Chiefs. You gotta try if you're Buffalo. And you know, like like you, like we've been saying, look, this is a matchup we, we wanted in the AFC. you know, the top two teams mm-hmm. in the AFC. So you gotta think, okay, look. I've been saying that the, the Bills, you know, are, are right there and look, you know, the Raiders and, you know, what, you know, and they, some of the other, you know, they gave you the formula. So I'm, I'm wondering, are you know, will the Bills use some of that formula that the Raiders use to, you know, who beat the Chiefs earlier this year? Will they use that same formula, you know, the Blitzes and, you know, try to maybe make the you know, Kelsey a non-factor and, you know, and then I, I think also, you know, running the ball, you know, keep they the keep homes and them off the field. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be another factor, too, because, like you said, I mean, yes, it's not going to be a big crowd, but it's going to be a big enough crowd. And you got they're going to make a lot of noise. And and I'm sure they'll be a factor, too. I'm,
0: you kind of start my next question, bringing up Travis Kelsey, but I'll ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're the Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, I forget his name, uh, excuse me for my brief memory loss. What, who do you focus in on trying to, quote, unquote, stop more, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill's the fastest man in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Travis Kelsey, even though he's getting up there in age, he is very much effective. He's not slowing down. He, can, he operates in the middle of the field like, like anyone else in the NFL from a tight end position. Who do you stop more?
1: I know. <laughs> Seriously, I know. Like I said, it, it's like I it's going to be an interesting task because you got the fastest guy in the NFL, and you got one guy who's getting close to thirty, but is still one of the top tight ends in the league. So you're kind of you're kind of stuck in the rock in the hard place if you're the if you're the Bills defense because you're like, okay, do we go with the one of the fastest guys in the league, or do we one of the best tight ends in the league? Yeah, that, that's a yeah, that's a, yeah, that that's that's a coin flip. There, they may have to do coin flips on the sidelines, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: And that's why the the Bills front four is important to put pressure on Mahomes and stay disciplined. They can't get any any, uh, uh, penalties, either encroachment or pass interference or things along that line. Jerry Hughes uh, leads Buffalo in in sacks during the playoffs with two. Harrison Phillips, their defensive tackle, has one sack as well. The Bills defensive front, they have to get pressure on Mahomes. But here's the problem, even though know, Mahomes, as you mentioned, is limited injury-wise this week. <laughs> even though with a bad toe, you know, before that hit, he was still running around. And like we've been saying, you have to pick your poison. But I think Buffalo has to get pressure. You don't have, I'm not going to say you don't have to send. Go obviously you want to sack him. But mm-hmm. you have to be disciplined enough because uh, the office of coordinator, Eric Bienery, who we will get to later on in this segment, they have the run pass option with Mahomes. He's even 70% effective. They're still going to use that. Mahomes can even pitch you to uh, one of his running backs. So they can pitch you to Kelsey, too, which, man, they cannot do here in Chicago. But mm-hmm. with that being said, he has the option of doing it. So if you're Buffalo, you got to pick your points. And, yes, you have to, you have to pressure Mahomes, but you got to keep him in his lane so you, he, won't have, he won't run out of the pocket and kill you down the field.
1: Well, that's why the pass press is going to be important for Buffalo. I mean, look, Ed Oliver, Mario Addison, Tremaine Edwards. I mean, you got – those are guys, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they're due for big games. So, if you could – look, if you could rush Mahomes, that way he won't have to, you know, he can dink and dunk and pass, use his legs, mm-hmm. you know, bad toe and all. And, you know, maybe, you know, limit, limit him to sort of, you know, depend on the run game more. So, I think – look, I think you just got to be on your toes over the Bills defense because I think – the Chiefs can hit you with all different sides. You know they can they can run the ball and they can you know pass it too. So you got to get you got to get rid of those and make them make one of them a non factor so that they'll have to depend on the other thing. So if that's that's a tough task if you're the Bills, but we'll see if they can do it.
0: And also too with that Buffalo Bills secondary, you mentioned a uh, uh, Teron Johnson who, had the, who has the record for the longest interception return for touchdown in last week's victory over Baltimore. Can he make a big play? Uh, Micah Hyatt, a veteran um, safety back there from, from, um, with his days with the Packers. I expected him to have a big game too. Will he cover Kelsey down the field? Will he cover Tyreek Hill? So can he make a play should it come down to the Bills secondary? Uh, I know the Bills as a group has the least playoff experience against the Chiefs, but it's all going to come down to execution and discipline. And when the Bills defense will have to make a play at some point at some point during that game, when will it come? If it doesn't, it's going to be a long afternoon down there in area
1: Yeah, look, we look, we saw what Johnson did against the Ravens. You know, the Ravens—that was a game-changing, one hundred and one-yard mm-hmm. return for a you know interception return for a touchdown. I mean, it looks like the you know the Ravens are going to score, perhaps making a game. You know, I think they it would have tied the mm-hmm. game. I think, or at least got them a little bit closer. You know, you know Johnson made that big play, and you know that was it. And then you know Lamar Jackson had his concussion that very next series. So it's yeah. So look, the Bills, the Bills have shown that they're opportunistic with their defense. So if they can perhaps maybe make an opportunity and get a play done, yeah, it probably is going to be a very long day over in over in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a very long day, uh, and also uh, going to uh, both both teams, uh, the run defense, which one do you think is going to be more effective? I think that the Kansas City is going to be more effective on paper because, like I said, the Buffalo Bills didn't really run the ball that much in last week's victory over the Baltimore Ravens. We know, like you mentioned, Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, he could absolutely run out of the pocket, but if you're Buffalo, unless you really have to, you don't want him to lead your team in rushing. That's why Devin Singletary is more important.
1: That's why he I has think, to have a big game. Yeah, I think that's why he's going to be. A, I think he's really going to be a big factor here. I think you don't mm-hmm. look. You're trying to protect Josh Allen at all costs, Like so you don't want him to have to depend mm-hmm. on him to rush get get those. You know. Games. You know the
0: defense is. You can't say it's going to come after him.
1: Yeah, so you know, yeah. Listen, we saw Devin Singletary in a couple of games this season. He'll rush for over 100 yards. So. I'm thinking he's due for another 100-yard gain. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe, look the, rush, look, the rush defense for, you know, the Chiefs, you know, it, it's, it's it's okay. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not nothing to write home about. But they'll, listen, they'll, they'll make the plays mm-hmm. when they need to. So I think if you're Devin Singletary and the Bills, I think you probably are going to have to give them the ball. Probably more because I know, like you said, you don't want your quarterback to be leading, leading in rushing. So leading your team in rushing. So that's the one thing you don't want to do. You have a running back who's very capable of doing that. So I think if you, know, I think Devin Singletary is probably due for a big game to, on Sunday.
0: Yes. So who's going to be your winner to represent the AFC in Tampa Bay in two weeks?
1: I, I you know what? I've been back and forth on this. Look. Who the hell did I have in my Super Bowl pick? Ooh, I forgot. Um, that, that's that's my my you know we're the same age. So that's my old age. <laughs> my old age is showing, folks. Um, I'm look. I I think I picked Buffalo early on, and look, I I know people looked at me like I was crazy. Like wait, but they're gonna beat the cheese. Look the Chiefs have been g- good, but I'm, I'm one of those folks that like, okay, they really didn't haven't done much to impress me, especially since they had the hiccup against Oakland earlier this year. So I think the bills will, you know, I have the bills pulling off the quote unquote upset, I'm doing the air quotes here, upset, <laughs> but it's going to be very close. Yeah. But if it's going to be very close. It might be, it might be one of those, you know, thirty one twenty eight or twenty eight twenty four 24, 27, kind of games.
0: As usual, Lakina steals my picks, but with that being said, <laughs> great, my with, you know, <laughs> with that being said, you guys know, listening to the show, I had Seattle on Buffalo in the Super Bowl uh, before the season uh, kicked off. Of course, Seattle's sitting at home like the rest of us watch these games, and Buffalo has the chance to go back to the Super Bowl for the first time since the 93 season. I'm going with Buffalo. I told Jason Leisure of the Chicago So Times last week I did not move off my mountain. <laughs> I, I, I have the Bills beating the Chiefs thirty-three to thirty.
1: And Lamont actually is stepping out. He's facing he, you know how he's been feeling about Kansas City. So look, we'll we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. I mean, like I said, this is this is the a a lot of people Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he has KC winning. So it'll be interesting. To see. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be just to see what – look, this is a matchup we've been wanting for the AFC, for a chance to represent them in the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. Both these games should be very entertaining.
0: It should be. Before we move on to some coaching news, Lakina, I heard a couple of people, including our guy Jay Hood, hopefully we'll get him on this program sometime down the road, that we know that the networks alternate years on which Mm -hmm. title game will get the primetime spot. Do you agree that the AFC title game should be in prime time, or do you think that Brady and Rodgers should be the prime time game this year? Obviously, the NFL is not going to change it, as, <laughs> but but you know, we, uh, the NFC title game is first in the afternoon. Of course, the AFC title game is at night. Do you think it should be reversed just for this year, only because of the Brady and Rogers matchup?
1: I think because I think it was because I think CBS says they're hosting the Super Bowl this year. they got ideas as to which you know. Which slot do they want? I think that's how it works. So they decided to take the later game. So that's why we got the Brady and Rodgers. Would it be? Look, I look. I'm sure Fox would have loved to it. You know, have been you know the, the mm-hmm. primetime slots. So I'm sure because they, they had the
0: primetime spot been. last year with the yeah. NFC title game, even though yeah. San Francisco was on the West Coast, but still so they had the primetime spot last year with the uh, NFC title game, capping yeah, it, was- it off.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even four o'clock yet when that game t- that game kicked off in uh, San Francisco. It was basically an afternoon game for them. But yeah, look, I think the mm-hmm. like I said, I think the way it works, I think the network whoever never has a Super Bowl, you know, they pick whoever. I think I think NBC. I think they just let you know. I think they. I don't know how they do it when NBC has a Super Bowl. I think I think they're gonna have it this year, next year. I mean, but. Look, I mean, look, would I'm sure Fox would love to have had Brady and Rodgers in that prime time slot, but look, it's gonna get big ratings regardless. It's Sunday afternoon, you know, a lot of people are still off, a lot of people are still at home because of the pandemic, so it's gonna get big ratings regardless. So it's fine. Both these kids are gonna have huge ratings. So I, if you're, look, as long as you're, as long as you're getting big ratings and you're making money in the NFL, I don't think they care.
0: <laughs> All right, what let's move you? on to what about uh you? I really don't care at this point. Uh, Of course, it would have made sense for uh, Brady and Rogers to be on in prime time. But like you said, just the way that it works out, we didn't get that. So I'm not really upset in any way. I just thought it was an interesting point that a few people brought up this week. But like you said, these networks alternate years with the exception of NBC because they don't get the title games anymore because they get Sunday night football. But, It's alternate years. It just so happens that it was CBS's turn this year to get the AFC uh, title game in prime time. Let's move on quickly to some coaching news, Lakina, before we close out this first segment. Dan Campbell, former player. I think you brought it up, Lakina, that he took the job in Detroit, former tight end. Uh, He kind of made a fool of himself the other day doing his presser. Talking about uh, biting off kneecaps and – I can understand talking tough and you want to make your team tougher. Matt Patricia did the same thing and them trying to bully some reporters, sit up straight and all that nonsense. You saw what they got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Campbell just basically a clown show. I know the the goal is to win the press conference and to win the public over on your side, but Anything but that happened the other day. <laughs> I have a loss for words.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you're you're for clipped. If you guys are watching on the uh, on YouTube, going to be watching this. He's, he's very this <laughs> is very which is very rare of uh, all these years I've known him. But yeah, I mean it, 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 the, that, <laughs> that, that that whole presser like made me cringe. Like that that's that's like right up there with what Patricia did. Also, when of course we you know when Mark Trestman first got the Bears job, he said Miss and said we're going to be selfish and undisciplined. And I think that. <laughs> we all know what happened after that but uh I mean look they they they're committed six years to him that's that's a that's a long time and that's a big commitment so yeah, he, I think it's safe
0: to say he won't last the whole time I don't know if he's gonna last even three but that's I, that, a whole nother issue
1: that that's what that's a whole nother thing and and uh, <laughs> look you know staffer might be gone so they're probably gonna have to start from scratch and look, uh, I feel bad for Detroit, and this is probably the one time where I think this should, if you're, you should be happy if you're a Bears fan because it could be worse. It could, you could be a Lions fan, and all the all the <laughs> facility Dave went through. So, I, I good luck to him, and uh, you know what? Oh, okay, fine. Yep, yeah, that, that's the yeah, best, be, that's be, the direction I wanted to go. But okay, I'm just gonna leave
0: it there. Before we move on, Lakina, if you're Chris Spielman, I know is uh, you, you're quote unquote happy right now, but. Probably about this time next year, I'm sure he's going to regret on leaving Fox for this mess. Yeah, if it gets ugly, oh, <laughs> if you're Chris feeling like, really, you left Fox for this mess?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Can look. I go back? Can yeah. I go back? <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure he's probably going to be on his knees begging the Fox to say, "Can can I come back? Can I come back now?" I, pr- I promise. I won't, I won't it <laughs> yeah, and, uh, look, I don't know how much of how much of you know, of. Uh, of influence that he had in picking, you know, you know, Campbell here, but Coach Campbell here, but yeah, I mean, look, this is like someone should tell this isn't the 1970s anymore. <laughs> you can't, you can't be, you know, doing that kind of stuff anymore. But you know, hey, what it is, what it is.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about Mike Tyson, of course, uh, after he bit off, uh, well, uh, Evander Holyfield's ear. I want to say it was '97, somewhere around in there. Of course, he had that famous. A uh, rant interview with Jim Gray. Was, I'll eat his children. I'll do this and then that. that's what I thought about. And then of course Barry Switzer, well, he took the Cowboys' job and uh, during that '93 um, offseason, of course when Jimmy Johnson left out the back door, and of course uh, Barry Switzer did his fake imitation of Mike Dickel. Let's go, baby, and all that crap. I was like, okay, I don't need all that. Just Calm down and go win the Super Bowl, which he did during that 95 season. But yep. those are the two personalities I thought about. I was listening and watching that Dan Campbell press conference. My goodness. It's like, okay, I know you're trying to set a tone and all that, but we don't need the clowns, show. Not yet. No, when you no. win, great. But yeah. you haven't proven yourself yet.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the other um, – the only coaching vacancy that is still yet to be filled is the Houston um, – Coaching vacancy, you know. Of course, Eric Bieniemy is up, is up for it. Of course, you know, with the timing, everything, they probably have to wait maybe another, you know, few weeks. But you know, of course, the the rumors of Deshaun Watson not being happy about the process, and perhaps maybe he may request a trade. We we talked we've been about for the last couple of episodes. Sid, where do you think they stand? Because I'm I'm hearing some people say, well, hey, maybe he comes to the Bears. Okay, you guys do realize he has a no trade clause, right? And. <laughs> he's gonna want to come to a team where they really really didn't want him. so but again i might be over over you know stepping here but what do you think
0: unless it's science he delivered, deliver and not an april fool's joke just like the jay cutler trade back in 2009 i don't believe it remember folks we were talking about the mccaskies they're great decision makers when it comes to business not when it comes to football okay mm-hmm. number two the bears do not have enough draft capital to trade for Watson, and I know some people said, Khalil Mack, his big contract, and this and that, and the third, I get it. But if you're the Texans, do you, you really want that contract? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, we talked about it. I mean, look, look at some of the teams. Of course, Miami, you know, they be you know, the, the fans are very vocal about it. Some people said maybe, De- maybe Detroit. I've heard supposedly there might be some infighting, if you will, between Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Some people said maybe Los Angeles might be, the Rams might be a good destination. I've heard some people even say the Colts, but, Look, I know the Texans have made some questionable decisions, but they're not going to send Deshaun Watson, their best player in their own division. That's not happening.
0: No way. That's not. I don't see that happening either.
1: That's not happening unless the Colts gave him a really nice, you know, deal for them, and because uh, that that coach team is ready to win. There's going to be a Herschel
0: Walker type deal, like that happened back in the day with Jimmy Johnson and and, and um. With Dallas and Minnesota back in '89, you don't see those type of deals anymore. <laughs>
1: oh no, and also too with you know they look Nicole's the Colts need a quarterback now. Let's let's talk a little bit about Phillip Rivers. Of course, he made you know what, what some people thought was a somewhat surprising move earlier this week, and you know on Tuesday, he decided he made the decision to retire. He wrote a really nice letter um, to the people of both the the Chargers organization and as well as the Colts organizations. You know has one of the you know one of the top passers ever in the NFL. And also, you know, too. I mean, I know people want to say, well, he never got, he never went to the AFC Championship game, he never went to a Super Bowl. But look, if you look at, if you look up Rivers' numbers, those speak for themselves. So I think he's a first ball Hall of Famer. But you know how some of these people are. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. give, I'll give it the floor to you. So what do you think? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer?
0: Uh, for the numbers, yes. Uh, unfortunately, because he doesn't have the Super Bowl times, he'll probably have to wait in line. How long? I don't know, but. Uh, due to his career numbers, obviously, yes, he is a Hall of Famer. I know he won Comeback Player of the Year in 2013, and he did play in one AFC title game, but that was with a, without an ACL back in 07 when the Patriots were, were going with the season on the field. So they lost the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. So uh, Philip Rivers has had a great career. Uh, during his early years in San Diego, I know Marty Scheinheimer was his coach. Uh, they had a couple opportunities to go to the Super Bowl. They just couldn't get it done. It wasn't his fault, but it was due to to that coaching, which is a whole other issue. Um uh then he went through um I forgot, I forgot I wanna say it was North Turner, if memory serves correctly. Yeah, he was the you head coach it. after yeah. that. And you then he went through a transition for a while, then he had new receivers, Keenan Allen, who's still on the team, came in a few years later, then uh, Rivers had that turnaround. I don't know. Myself, along with Kenneth Davis, from now that Davis show, but when we were doing the Dean Davis show, he talked about all the time. I feel, Phil Rivers at that time was back when he won the comeback player year award. And I'd say, yeah, they just had to get a defense together. Of course, the, that defense came together with Joey Boles uh, and, and Melvin Ingram, my guy, and a couple of those guys, Derwin James, back in 2018, when they made it to the playoffs. They should have beaten the Patriots, but – they just ran out of gas. You thought that squad would, would be back, but they just haven't caught up They just haven't had a chance to catch a break. Of course, Rivers was released uh, after last season. But Philip Rivers has been on some competitive teams that just couldn't get over the hump. The one due to Tom Brady. What, what was the one team that stopped them, 2018-2007 Tom Brady. But it doesn't mean just because he doesn't have a Super Bowl doesn't mean he's not a great player. And like you say, he has the numbers to back it up.
1: Yeah, look, to me, to me, he's right there with like the warm moons and the Dan Foutses. You know, mm-hmm. they were close a couple of times to go to the Super Bowl. You know, unfortunately, they never went to one. But they've got the number, they had the numbers backing up, and, got, and they got into the Hall of Fame, or, you know, anyways. So oh, I, I think he's first ballot. But like you said, so he probably was going to wait maybe two or three more years. But you know, we'll see what he does. He's already said that he wants to coach his sons, his oldest son's, I think, high school football team, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think he also has. I think it's like some some of the networks are, are interested in him too. So you know, we'll, we'll see what he does post football. But I think he should get into the Hall of Fame, and I think he is a Hall of Famer. So the numbers mm-hmm. back it up. And it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do because. Like you said, that, that, team's, that team's equipped to win now. They've got the O line. They've mm-hmm. got the, the receivers. Once, the, you know, once Mac comes back from his injury, he'll be back. Also, they got a top 10 mm-hmm. defense. So they just need a quarterback now because Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see what the Colts yeah. do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> head coach Frank Reich uh, and general manager Chris Bella, who used to be with the Bears organization from way back when they have a lot of work to do as soon as hopefully they can pick the right quarterback for that system. Like you said, they, that team is ready to win now.
1: Right. Right. So, and for all of you guys who want to shout, watch all your Bears fans, kids, you know, let, let, it's not happening folks. Let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's get rid of that dream now. Cause they happening kids. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know because i'm seeing because i've been hearing you know sports radio of both our, both the stations and i'm hearing like people having this dream about deshaun watson you know passing to alan robinson okay first of all alan robinson may not even be back next year let's let's remember that let's say put the franchise tag on let's just
0: uh slide the franchise tag which is very possible
1: which i they could but i don't look i don't mm-hmm. think you'd be happy about that if you're alan robinson <laughs>
0: you hope they don't
1: Right. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean look you know some of the places that maybe the jets like you said maybe the dolphins you know He'll. I'm sure he's going to want to go someplace where he can win now, and we'll see.
0: Yeah, it should be a very interesting off season. The NFL never disappoints when it comes to that.
1: (laughs) All right, Uh, we we got a couple of black, a couple more black GMs, though. I mean, unfortunately, we we haven't had you know, any black head coaches yet. We'll see what happens with enemy and does he get the job over in Houston. But you know, Martin May Martin Mayhew is now the new GM for the Washington football team. So we've got we've gained like two or three, you know, black GMs. So that's progress, which is which is great. But even still, you know, I heard, you know, with the Rooney Wall, with the coaching, you know, they're, they're still – the NFL still has a lot left to do. I mean, I think they just – they watched off also just, just hired a, an African-American female coach who's going to be a full-time coach for the first time mm-hmm. ever in that, that sense, in that you know respect. So we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. I mean, it, it's – still got a ways to go, but we're, we're getting there, which is a good thing always. Yes. <sighs> All right, so that wraps up our first segment here on Second season Sports. For our second segment, we remember one of the all-time sporting greats. We talked about the Bulls. Yeah, you know, the Bulls will be back in action. Also in the NBA, too, a, a big Lakers win after a disappointing loss, but they bounced back with a big win last night. Also, too, some college hoops. Some games have been postponed again due to COVID and then with some rumors that may perhaps they may have to pause for a few weeks in, a few weeks next month. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We'll be right back with Second City Sports Zoom style.
0: Zoom style. <laughs> Welcome back to the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the Instagram at SidK80. Once again at SAK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80.
1: You follow me at Kina McGee on Twitter and Kina underscore McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from War Media by simply going to our website at www.wearearegalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can look us up on War on Anchor, wherever you download your podcast, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, war on anchor w-a-r-r on anchor we're also on youtube at war media once again at war media like comment share subscribe sorry looking is still there from you but you can <laughs> not only listen to us but we can watch us do our thing <laughs> as look we look. both kiss it to the look a, crowd <laughs> look alive
1: folks look alive <laughs> yes
0: yes yes <laughs> so we can um I'll, 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 I'll hand it out to you, Lakina. what you wanted to talk about uh, kicking out the second segment.
1: Well, about a, about a couple hours ago, just a little under a couple hours ago, we got some sad news from the world of sports. Henry Louis Aaron, a.k.a. Hammerin' Hank, passed away in his sleep earlier this morning in Atlanta. He was one of the all-time greatest players, number two in the all-time home runs, hits, and also the top, R, top in RBIs. You Know it all, everything he went through. If you heard, if you see his backstory, if you, if you saw his sports century, the when ESPN was doing those sports centers, mm-hmm. the turn of a century into the 2000s, um, a few years back, he and his wife shared some of the letters that he got when he was playing. He, he played, he played in Atlanta, you know, it was Milwaukee Braves for a little bit, but you know, when he you know started playing in the, in the D style, you know, back in the early, in the I say mid mid to late 50s, I would say um he shared some of the letters that he wrote and then uh, look i'm sure all you know black players especially that were playing in this house because that was just you know integration in baseball was Mm -hmm. just sort of kind of kicking into high gear and he shared he you know shared some of those letters because he his wife had saved those letters and you know just so the awful things that he went through you know he illustrations you know with him with you know with of him being lynched because mm-hmm. that's how it was Remember, this was a night this was in the early 70s folks let's remember that just as a Jim Crow south yeah pretty much and it's still going on in some aspects but we won't go there but uh you know 755 home runs you know tops in rbi all-time rbis 1957 nlmvp he was a world series champion 25 time all-star three-time gold glover two-time batting champ all-century team in 1982 hall of fame selection first ballad just so many and also you know not just he was such a pioneer not just in the game but also in american history he was also a civil rights activist you know of course you know growing up in the south you know he had to deal with so much and just just to you know see him you know be you know as gentle as he was you know the fact that he was such you know he had charisma and you know he hearing stories from some of, the, some of the former players and managers that he played with and even some managers that, that he didn't play with he with the younger players I mean just you know he was such an awe you know just a, just a, an American figure and he will be missed you know he was 86 years old and he's just epitomized of strength and class and dignity and I think something that a lot of today's athletes can embody now
0: yes he's definitely an icon for sure a role model for everybody can can look up to of all cultures creeds and what have you as i was watching some of the tributes this morning since we are recording this show on the friday uh when i heard the news the first thing that came to my mind i said i saw him on tv just a couple weeks ago getting his uh vaccine shot for the covid 19 once again as uh tim kirchner of espn put it best earlier this morning He was trying to lead the charge for people to get their vaccines. Who was eligible to get their vaccines uh, shots for the COVID nineteen? Once again, doing work in the community, but I I did watch those programs growing up, looking like you said, including the Sports Century uh, episode that ESPN aired twenty plus years ago by Hank Aaron, one of the top athletes in our uh, in in sports history—not just baseball history, history, but sports sports history as well—and I compare his courage. And his mannerisms overall to Jackie Robinson growing up in that time If those of you listening exclusively on the podcast and watching on YouTube at War Media I have my Jackie Robinson jersey hanging up behind me and Jackie Robinson paved the way for those players like Henry Aaron, Bob Gibson and others and Hank Aaron paved the way for the uh, other players especially black American players to follow after him. I compared his mannerisms to Jackie Robinson yes you knew that uh, we all knew that he was upset of getting those letters and getting the hate speech and hate mail from various fans as he was approaching Babe Ruth's record and uh, watching that clip over and over again, when he hit number seven fifteen, and there was a white guy, I believe he's still alive today. No, there were two of them. One
1: of them. Yeah. One of them is still alive. Right. Yeah. but you know, the
0: first one that ran out that yeah. hugged him people at that time were afraid that he was yeah. going to get shot or stabbed or uh, get tackled uh, Thank goodness, no, those things happen. But I just—you knew that he uh, that he wanted to snap um, many times, mm-hmm. including Jackie Robinson as well. But that uh, keep that inside and represent not only themselves but their families in the game of baseball and their teams that they played uh, to a high standard. And so you do commend him uh, for his courage. You do commend him for his work off the field. I know you ran out his accomplishments on the field, which they cannot be overlooked, but what he did off the field is just more impactful than what he did on the field.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he helped, you know, get, integrate, you know, even more, you know, there was, there was a time when uh, what about a third of the you know players played it, you know, playing the MLB baseball by the time he retired, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it, what in, in 74, ironically, when he, after he, you know, got the homework record at that time, you know, that, you know, a couple of months later he retired from the sport and there were about what, a third of black players in the major leagues during that time. I, mm-hmm. might, I might, you know, the number, of, I might, you know, give or take maybe a few percentage points. You know, I'm not that, I'm not mm-hmm. go that good with estimation. So I was never good at that yeah. in math, but, uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, now it's only what, like 10%, if that maybe eight, maybe lower than that, maybe 8%. I know he's, I know he was in the recent years he was very vocal about you know the lack of minority black especially particularly African American participation in baseball. You know, you saw with Curtis Granderson, Doug Lanfold uh, wrote a really nice article about the lack of black managers in baseball too and I'm sure he's going to probably write something about Henry Aaron too. I'm sure it was probably something to look out for the next week or two, but you look at what he he endured, you know, growing up in Alabama you know, be right, me right there in the South, you know, seeing all those horrible things that happened down there and probably witnessed some of those things that happened. And just, just the fact that he was able to kind of overcome that he found baseball as sort of, you know, a refuge, and you know, sort of, you know, a, a salvage in his, you know, in his career and his of uh, his um, childhood through into to his adulthood, and you see all those great black players that never got their due, Satchel page you know, the guys mm-hmm. in Negro leagues, you know, the MLB, you know, committing them for finally recognizing them, but also too, you know, also Willie Mays, you know, he went through a very similar path, you know, I'm sure you you ask him now, he's still with us, thank goodness, you ask him now, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll he'll probably tell you some of the same things, you know, he you know, he was forced to, you know, to play out West, but I'm sure he too, especially when he had to go to the South on the road games, I'm sure he had to go through some of the same issues that, you know, probably not even be be able to stay in the same hotel as his teammates, you know, his white teammates. I mean, just, 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 just the sort of like the horrible things that they had to endure and just the class and the grace, like I said earlier, what he was able to epitomize and, you know, he should, be remembered to be be committed and i'm sure i'm sure mlb will will do some stuff to honor mr aaron you know for all his accomplishments mm-hmm. on and off the field and also to to probably perhaps maybe get more black players into baseball you know that's another that's another uh little discussion for another mm-hmm. uh, pod, uh podcast episode but you know what do you think
0: another moment that 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 stood up to me and i saw this on television earlier today um of course, a now-retired baseball announcer, um, Ben Scully, uh, who, of course, did the games for the Dodgers for many years. He did uh, some of the games for NBC back then, and he called the home run shot to break Henry, uh, for Henry Henry to break Babe Ruth's record back on April 8th, 1974. And, and uh, I'm trying not to misquote him here, but a black man getting a standing ovation in the D South for breaking a, a, a treasure record. Uh, that, that was something big at the time, as we both mentioned the, the racism he had to go through both on and off the field. And the description that I, m- I mentioned after he hit that historic home run, two people were great congratulating him. Thank goodness that nothing happened to him um, at that time. But it, it, I think his words were poetic um, when they gave him the microphone after he crossed home plate. Thank God is over. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. What else yeah. could
0: you say at that moment?
1: Yeah, he, he, and he he really did. I think he I think he even admitted himself that, look, I think he didn't really, like, sort of savor it until later in later years. Because I think and when he first did it, I think he just felt that a huge weight was lifted off his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm at the top now. People can just, you know, it's over. It's done with, you know, he can excel. He kind of excel now. And I think you, you, if you saw the interview, he sort of felt, felt like he did kind of excel a little bit especially after everything that happened, you know, you know, prior to that leading up to it. So, I mean, look, this this is someone who's going to be remembered, I think, you know, for, you know, for years to come, like I said, I'm sure MLB will do some, do some stuff to honor him, you know, but well, I'm sure the Braves will probably have his, um, you know, number, you know, his jersey on their jerseys and yeah. probably decals and stuff like that. Also in Milwaukee, too, because mm-hmm. remember, you know, yeah. the Braves were in Milwaukee for a little bit mm-hmm. before they moved to Atlanta back in the early 70s. People forget about that. And, you know, Craig Calta, who, you know, grew up, you know, in Milwaukee, who's a Milwaukee kid now, of course, is a manager for the Brewers, you know. He actually shared a story that Henry Aaron actually, you know, was asking him questions about growing up and, you know, because he saw a little bit of of Hank before, you know, the the, the Braves franchise moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he just couldn't believe it because he was just so like in awe because just so much of a presence that Hank has. Even some, you know, Aaron brood actually shared a story where, you know, of course, you know, his, his father, his grandfather, you know, they played, you know, managing the majors or worked in the front offices. Mm-hmm. He was talking, actually talking, he, he actually, he and um, Dave Fleming, I think also took Curry, because he, he shared their story too. They were all in the booth. Mm-hmm. And this, I think it was just a couple of years ago that um, it was an ESPN game, and he was, you know, Hank Aaron was sharing stories. He was there for like almost like about an hour or an hour and a half sharing stories, and you know yeah, Boone, Aaron didn't know what to say because he was just so in awe of Henry Aaron. Just that's just shows how much of a presence that he had. And you know, he will be missing. You're know, definitely one of the sports and also great U.S. icons, not just sports icons, but also of all history, like you said.
0: And also, too, before we move on, another moment that popped out to me, and a couple of people brought this up. I was listening and watching television earlier today when Barry Bonds broke his record back in 2007 against the Washington Nationals with that big home run by Barry Bonds uh, in San Francisco, a high ironic. No one knew at the time, I didn't either, that uh, it was a surprise video tribute. And it was, of course, it was uh, Henry Hank Aaron on the other end giving props to Barry Bonds for breaking his record, of course, we all know at, at that time, we won't get go really deep into this. We'll do it at another time. But, of course, the game of baseball didn't want Barry Bonds to break that record because of his alleged steroid use. And, it, uh, and, of course, many people in the media didn't like him, even though they voted him for MVP for um, many of uh, those years of Bonds' career. They didn't like his personality. So we don't like him breaking that record and this and that and the third. But it was just – All that was dead for me personally when uh, when that video tribute was was on the big board in San Francisco when Henry Rivera said, uh, "You're the best, congratulations." People go look. You can go look that up on YouTube for yourselves. But that was another big moment that 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 popped up to me about uh, Henry. We heard that we lost him early on Friday.
1: It also it's just it's a class too. I mean, he didn't have to do that. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have to do that video tribute. I'm, look, I'm sure. Exactly. Look, I'm, I'm sure he. I'm sure to... there's
0: people that told him not to do it, but he went ahead and do it, did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that to be a fact, but I'm sure some people tell him why you doing this, especially to a guy that quote unquote many people don't like.
1: Well, yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I'm sure if you look, you know, I'm sure he probably had his druthers about it, but look, that just shows you how classy he was. And look, he said, mm-hmm. look, he's the whole run king. He's the best. You know. Well, look, we look, we won't talk about it because that's a whole another another thing. That's a whole another episode but a whole other podcast. But like he was, he just showed you. Yeah. The epitome of class, and I think he showed you why he's the epitome of class. it's just, it's just all too like at baseball as a whole. We've had a tough baseball fans have had a tough year. I mean, look, Don Sutton just passed away. I mean, who played for the Braves organization? Yeah. Who was you know a Braves commentator for many years, a Hall of favorite four time mm-hmm. All Star. He passed away just a couple of days ago. Like I'm, I think it was Wednesday or something. His, his son um, Darren, who is actually a TV personality now, who's very popular shared the news. Yeah. yeah, just just uh just uh, some sad news there. Um Lou Brock, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Al Cayley, Whitey Ford, Joe Morgan. Yeah. And you know uh, Justin Turner, who is the outfielder for the Dodgers, actually shared something pretty funny. He said all those guys I mentioned, you know, you gotta look up, look up the tweet yourselves, uh, folks. But he said all those folks pass away, and Tyler soros got a hell of a time managing that group up in heaven. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what Justin said, but mm-hmm. and he's right. <laughs> he's right. back Backing up those because all those guys had the you know, great had various great personalities and such. So yeah, I'm sure they're having a really nice baseball game up and up up upstairs right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all those icons you mentioned there will be missed, including Hank Aaron, the original home run king. Excuse me for those watching. Yeah, the original home run king, uh, Henry Henry Hank Aaron, he will be missed. So he was a great man. He had left an impact, a, a legacy. It will not be forgotten. So we'll move on to some basketball. Akina, the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. Let's start off with our Chicago Bulls. They are sitting with a record of 6-8 and eight. as of this recording, they'll have games this weekend against the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan's team on the road. And then, of course, uh, the Saturday game at the United Center against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, they'll play the Boston Celtics for the first time on Monday. That's also at the United Center. Like, you know, the, the Bulls only had one game this week. They defeated the Houston Rockets this past Monday, 125-120. to 120. Zach Levine had 33 points. Uh, the Bulls didn't have the defense again, the team defense again consistently, but you love how, one, Zach Levine is still learning how to be a leader, but on and off the court, improving his game. And number two, looking at that, uh, that stat sheet from the Bulls, you like to see some balanced scoring. Uh, you saw that on Monday night. You, you like to see everyone getting involved. We saw that in their last victor against Houston.
1: Well, I think get yeah, a total team effort, right? That's if you're if you're a Bulls fan. I think mm-hmm. that's what you want. Look, there was scoring. All five stars were in double figures. You know, you know, Zach Bielavsky had thirty three. You know, you know Market had eighteen, and uh, Dizel Valentine. There's a name. I'm sure our friend Mac Peck. I'm sure he loves him. You know, from <laughs> from both sides. <laughs> And also the lockdown balls pod. I'm sure look, oh, he loves him. No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not trying to but look, Thaddeus Young, you know, we'll no, sure you won't mind. Yeah, no, he won't you no, um, Thaddeus Young, who might be a, a trade, you know, a trade piece, you know, when the trade deadline approaches, he had 12 points off the bench too. So look, having that balance scoring. Sorry about sorry about that, folks. Uh, balance scoring and you know, that's what you want if you're a Bulls fan. I think, look, the defense, look, we know that the defense is all is still going to need work. We know this. It's, they're probably not going to be giving up over 100 points. I think they're one of the few teams in the NBA that give up over 100 points in each of their games. <laughs> but, I mean, look, if you score more points than the other team, I guess that's, that's, that's the game, right? So, you know, as long as you get the wins, that they, you'll be okay with it, especially if you beat a team like Houston that's going through a transition. We'll see how they do against Charlotte. It's been up and down. We'll see how they do against LeBron and the Lakers tomorrow. I'm going to assume that Anthony Davis will will probably play because he didn't play the last game and they almost <laughs> lost. We'll get to them in a minute because they had a nice win, a big win last night. But I, look, I think this is you know great to see if you're a Bulls fan, right? You want to see who you can sort of build around. I think Billy Donovan and also Mark Eversley and Arturo's credit for. I think they're trying to see okay, who are the guys that they 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 can use to build around. And I think look, this has been this is a great start. I didn't think they would. No, I think no one thought they would be this you know. Pretty good. I mean, they're not great yet. Look, they'll they'll be the first to tell you they're not they're not right up there with Milwaukee and them yet, and Boston and them. But if they can play and give that fight, like we've been saying, you know, mm-hmm. I I think you know teams are realizing you know what the Bulls are. These Bulls teams they actually, they're they're kind of their stocks going up.
0: Yeah, their stock is going up. Of course, the Bulls just like every team has to deal with COVID issues and injuries. Of course, now Chandler Hutchinson and Thomas Santarescu, they'll be back soon. Uh, off the injury list for the Chicago Bulls. And dare I say this for the first time in years, this is actually a good problem to have here with the Chicago Bulls, who to play, who not to play, and who's going to step up. (laughs) This is the first time in a long time we (laughs) we be able to say this uh, and looking at it through uh, through, uh, um, not rose-colored glasses, but looking through a logical sense. Uh, And this is what a a competent head coach will do for you, Billy Donovan. He has a good problem to have, uh, that he has on his hands right now. Who to play, who not to play, who mix, who plays well with who, and it also depends on the matchups as well. So this is a good problem to have the majority of your roster healthy. Who's going to step up? And right now, going as I mentioned with Zach Levine scoring 30, 33 points in their victory uh, on Monday against Houston, and that was encouraging to see. Of course, he struggled uh, last weekend in their win against Dallas only scoring 10, but – Sometimes that happens, but you got to keep at it. Laurie Marketing, we talked about him on the last episode, Lakina, He's been stepping stepping up ever since his last return. He's averaging a little bit, I believe, over 20, 20 points a game and since he's returned last weekend in his three games in action. So uh, if you're a Bulls fan, you have to be encouraged. Now, I'll ask this question. I know I'll get in trouble for asking this, but we have to do it because of what we do. <laughs> Is making the playoffs a realistic goal for this team right now? Do you think that's a realistic goal? Will it be? Uh, should that be the benchmark right now?
1: Uh, I think that if it gets to that, that play in game, that play in a series, I guess that's how they're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. with the with the playoffs and whatnot, I'll be fine. I mean, look, look, if they make the playoffs, I mean, look, that that's going to be a, a big task because you know, consider the teams that that they have ahead of them, all the teams that they have them mm-hmm. right now. It's gonna be tough, but look. I mean, it will be a bonus. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose sleep if they don't make the playoffs. I'm not one of those fans who's like, oh, we gotta make the playoffs now. As long as they're kind of right there in the ten, right. I mean, because you know how some bulls mm-hmm. are. How you know, see Red Fred. Yeah, see uh, yeah. Red Fred won. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> look. I mean, as long as look, they're they're being they're competent and they're confident. That's what you want to see. And this is what I've never thought I've had to say that as a Bulls fan all these years of watching this team, all the horrible, you know, dreading. Now I want to watch a bulls game now. I'm not dreading it. Like, oh good. I can oh I can't wait for the Bulls. Patrick Wills, it looks like he'll be he'll be able to play tonight. So that that's good news for for the team. And look, I mean, it, it, I think look, confident and confidence. That's what you want from this team. And that's all I wanted. My benchmark was low and I'm gonna keep it there. Cause I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna have realistic expectations. I'm not gonna have them foul for the one seed with the Sixers and the Celtics and the Bucks. I'm not gonna do that. So, like, as long as they're as long as they're right there, as long as they're competitive, as long as teams are realizing that they, they can't you know wrestle their laurels when they play the Bulls anymore. I'm that I'm okay with that for right now.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Sega City Sports Weekend Edition, all, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. As we talk Chicago Bulls in the NBA. You kind of stole my next question, but I, I'll ask it. As the Chicago Bulls, especially with their recent uh, winning streak they're under right now, are they must-see TV? I'll give you an example. There are two games this weekend, as of this recording, Friday's game against Charlotte on the road and then Saturday night's game against the Lakers. Like we've been asking, looking at these last couple of weeks, can the Bulls keep the fight? And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Charlotte game on Friday because Lamella Ball's been playing well. Gordon Hayward has been playing okay for Charlotte. Scary Terry Rozier, a former Celtics player now with Charlotte. Now you have Miles Bridges over there as well. They have some nice young pieces. They may be a factor in their playing tournament game too. I'm not predicting it for that squad either, but they're they're very interesting to watch so far really in the season.
1: And also too, they're, they're they're trying to break a three-game losing streak. So I think that's what – I think they're looking for that too. So that should be a good one tonight, I think. Like they're they're kind of similar, of course. You know, they got Gordon Hayward, so it was probably you know one of the top players, the top utility guys in the league. So they don't have that yet, you know, the Bulls. But look, they're sort of very similar They got a young, you know, scrappy team. This should be this should be really interesting, you know, entertaining game you know tonight uh this will definitely be in the hundreds no doubt because they've also given up 100 points <laughs> 100 plus points Charlotte yeah. has so you know their defense is a little lackluster too so it could be like first to 140 who knows but tonight it will be interesting nonetheless but look i'm looking forward to this game this should be this should be it should be a fun game but look i've this should be a very entertaining uh, matchup here and I, I look i'm looking forward to it and this this is probably one of those toss-up games i think
0: and also, too, remember what, what Zach Levine did to them last year. I don't want to say last December. <laughs> I think he hit 13 points, 13-3 uh, points, including the game winner last yep. year. So, if he has another performance like that, that against this team, woo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: not yeah. <laughs> going to be a long day down the shot. Also, who will have to defend LaMelo. That's going to be a, another Herculean mm-hmm. task there, too. So, should be a good one. That's going to be an interesting
0: matchup, uh, Kobe White against LaMelo.
1: Yeah, that should be an interesting Wednesday nights. No doubt about it. So what is the pressure so far this week? Said in the NBA.
0: Uh, let's go to those Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I was not surprised of what happened to them uh against Cleveland on Wednesday losing in in overtime. Colin Sexton went off uh, for forty-two points. Of course, that was the game that that featured the Nets, all all three of their big superstars on the same team on the same court that, of course, Kyrie Irving returned to the lineup. Uh, They had a big win uh, on um, Martin Luther King Day against Milwaukee. Of course, Giannis and KD got testy a little bit early, early, but you could tell that was a big game, a big um, measuring stick. That game was a big measuring stick for both teams. But the Brooklyn Nets, I think as we told you guys in our last episode, uh, this is the time they need to fix. They're going to figure out who plays with who, uh, who's going to take a step back. Kyrie Irving had a big game, as I mentioned the other night against Cleveland, but he had to take 28 shots. You know, that's not his game. So, out of those big three, who's going to take the uh, step back? It looks like it has to be Kyrie.
1: Oh, looks like it. right? Someone's got to do it, right? you got to think that Katie's going to be on the inside. Of course, you'll. Look, you know, Hardwell will try to do his best. You know, from three pointers, he'll probably shoot some stuff from Staten Island, I guess. But (laughs) that—that you know, look, taking a lot of shots is not Kyrie's thing. He wants to be the facilitator. That's not really his style. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know how I think they're still they're still meshing how to play together. So I would say give him a Mm -hmm. couple more games, but. Look, look at the Colin Sexton. I think that was his career high, forty-two. So that that's Mm -hmm. that 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 was a you you know he was hot that night. You know you're gonna have one of those nights. So I'm not too worried about. I would say give it a couple more weeks, and then if they start losing, if they lose more, then we can probably start you know wondering. Okay, that's fans should start you know hyperventilating a little bit. But I think right now, look, that they're still learning how to play together. So just give it time.
0: Yeah, and also, too, I, I believe we talked about this on our last episode. Uh, the problem for Brooklyn is who's going to defend, especially in the interior. You can't have depend on Durant doing that. If you, if you do, you're going to be in trouble. they got to find some way to play some type of team defense. I know Steve Nash is the head coach. I you know his right-hand man, uh, Mike D'Antoni, his assistant former head coach. You know defense is a curse word to him, but you got to do it at some point, folks. And especially if you expect it to come out of the East and make it to the NBA finals, assuming that you played the Lakers or the Clippers, uh, you got to have some kind of uh, defensive game plan. It, it, right now, it, it's just not there.
1: Well, yeah, Harden's going to have to play defense. You know, he doesn't like playing defense either. So that's, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> have to wait and see with, with that. But someone's going to have to play defense mm-hmm. too if y'all talk about y'all want to get to the finals and get out of the East um the, the Sixers have been kind of up and down to you know they you know sort of meandering at 500. They had a nice win a couple of nights ago. What do you think about the Sixers? They, they have one, a big one tonight against Boston.
0: Yeah first of all can they have enough players to uh, stay healthy as of right now the answer is yes and they cannot catch COVID either in which they've been dealing with. We'll get to the other teams that have been dealing with that issue in just a second but I like what I'm seeing in Philadelphia right now. Hopefully Ben Simmons can at least have a little bit of an offensive game. Can we get that from him? Mm-hmm. We sh- we shall see. Joel B. Hopefully, he can be a, a, a stay healthy. Uh, he has a nice inside game. He's been consistent with that so far. So I'm not going to put him up there as MVP uh, caliber uh, season type players yet. No, I want to see more from him. From him, but right now he's having a nice start to the season. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, what. What bigger impact can Doc Rivers have on on this team? I think they can only get better as long as they stay healthy, I think they 'll be fine now. The game that you referenced to uh, earlier, Lakina, uh, that was from Thursday night. The Lakers had a big win on the road at Milwaukee one thirteen to one hundred six. I know some people want to make this a finals preview i 'm not so sure about that, but uh-huh. it was a great uh, contest to watch on Thursday. LeBron James led. The Lakers in scoring with 34.6 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, led Milwaukee with 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists. Uh, as you mentioned, Likina, the the key uh, for the Lakers last year and for this year going forward is Anthony Davis. He had a big game with 18 points in 38 minutes. On Thursday night, uh, he made some uh, key defensive rebounds uh, down the stretch. He had a total of nine for the game. And uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope, as we talk about all the time, uh, you had to have role players stepping up in key Mm -hmm. times. And he did that on Thursday. Catavius Caldwell Pope, that is scoring uh, a season high, a personal season high for him 23 points, off of seven, 10 shooting, and all those from three point land.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that that's been an issue for them, you know, that three pointer. And I think the Lakers probably were not very happy because they let that lead against Golden State. I think they were still upset about that against Golden. Yeah, yeah from Monday, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think they were a bit upset about that. And I think LeBron, I think, wanted to take it out on the the, the Bucks. And so, but you know, he did look. I think LeBron showed you that look. He's thirty six, but he still can do it. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he did his thing. He you know made some big shots late in in that game on Thursday. Look, I, I mean, well, like I don't know if it'll be the finals preview, but I, I think because I think Milwaukee, I think is showing you that they're still missing some pieces, even though they tried their mm-hmm. best to kind of upgrade. But you know, I think you know the Lakers could kind of expose that. Look, they still have got issues out there in Milwaukee. Look, LeBron did his thing, you know, Co- you know Conwell Pope, you know, made some big shots too. So the Le- Montrezl Harrell did his thing off the bench. So, I, I, like I said, I think that they weren't they weren't pleased that they. I LeBron even mentioned that they were so mad about that game against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So I think they took it out on the the Bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, speaking of another team that's not getting any respect and uh, taking it out on the league, that's the Utah Jazz. They they were the second game of that TNT doubleheader on Thursday. They defeated the New Orleans Pelicans one twenty nine to one eighteen. Donovan Mitchell, uh, as this uh, ESPN headline as I'm reading right now, Mitchell's moves puts Alexander Walker on skates. Uh, he crossed the month. Yeah in playing English. <laughs> oh, it was a great play. Donovan Mitchell led Utah with 36.7 rebounds and five assists. Zion Williamson continues to impress, um, impress his Pelicans franchise and his teammates. He scored 27 points, grabbed three rebounds, and dished out two assists. We all know New Orleans is uh, trying to find themselves. Let's see if uh, Zion can stay healthy for an entire year. Utah is on the roll right now. Uh, for me, I know it's still early as we completed just about now one month into the season. Like I say, it's early for Utah. Congrats to them. But you got to show me come playoff time.
1: Well, yeah, look, they won. I know it's early
0: to put that out, but let's be real. And I don't hate Utah. I don't. But do they have the kind of roster that can sustain themselves come playoff time? Yeah,
1: I mean, look, they've won seven in a row. Utah has, and I, I think people, look, Shaq even called them out, you know, saying that. Well, look, you know, how do you guys are you guys gonna be able to do this in the playoffs? we saw what happened. When you guys were in the bubble. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you didn't do well there, and I think Don Mitchell was, you know, he, look, he was very, you know, defen- you know, not, not defensive, but he kind of said, look, you know, we're, yeah, hard, you know, to do our do our thing, and look, I think, look, I think they can do that. They got the players to do it in mm-hmm. Utah, but. Look, I mean, Donovan can't do it all, you know, all by himself. And thankfully he hasn't had to do that. But I think if you want to get to up to that level with the Lakers and the Clippers, you probably are going to have more than one guy step up. And look, we'll, we'll look, I maybe mean, we, we saw it. Look, we saw it last night. I mean, Donovan had 36 points, you know, Mike Connelly Jr. Had 20 and uh, Goberio had a, had a double double. I mean, look, the Donovan had 16. So those guys need to step up and help him out. And also, I think Jordan has had 19 off the bench. So, you, you, look, you need to – I think – look, you have to do that in the playoffs, like you said, Sid. I mean, you mm-hmm. you could have done it last year in the bubble. You didn't. You got knocked out early. So, look, I think – I can understand why you know, Shaq and a few other pun, national punters don't want to take you guys seriously right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but – Uh, That's the question that we'll have for Utah. Now, Lakina looking at the schedule for this weekend's games, and particularly on Saturday and Sunday for the National Basketball Association, uh, for Saturday, I'm looking forward to these two games. Uh, The Miami Heat traveling to Brooklyn to face the Nets. Of course, the Nets' big three is the uh, key uh, storyline in the NBA. Who will Jimmy Butler guard? Durant, (laughs) Harden, or will he guard uh, guard Kyrie? I don't think he'll guard Kyrie. God, good grief. Guard Kyrie, uh-huh. but I think it's going to be between Durant and Harden that Jimmy Butler will have to guard. And also, too, the, speaking of the Utah Jazz, they'll face the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. Of course, the Warriors had a big-time loss to the New York Knicks, of all teams, on Thursday. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I know Steve Curry, after the game, said that the Warriors are not a good team right now. But she's correct. But they're a mediocre team at best. But we expected that coming to the season. Of course, with the loss of Clay Thompson uh, for the season with their torn Achilles, uh, it's going to be a fight for the Warriors to oh, be yeah. respectable.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, they're they've been rising through the standings. You know, that that that's going to be interesting, right? I mean, look, remember they still, unfortunately, they they they're not going to have Clay. You know, Draymond's back, mm-hmm. but you don't know how much of a factor he's gonna be. You know, Wiseman's showing that he's pretty good, but again, yes. we'll see if, they, if you know if the Warriors can and we will be able to make trades in the trade tonight to try to, to sort of try to maybe get into that top top of the you know the threshold with the Lakers and the Jazz and the Lakers. So I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to see it. That should be a very interesting game there. Um, another game I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, Sid, for Sunday night, Saturday night, I should say. I have Denver and Phoenix. Yeah, Denver has been struggling lately. They're at five hundred right now. They need to get it together because if they want to kind of be, you know, be taken seriously in the West, like Utah, they're gonna mm-hmm. to have to kind of get it together. And look, Phoenix, you know, they they've been kind of up and down lately. They did have a nice win a couple of days ago, but look, Devin Booker, CP three, and those guys, you know, they're all you know been, been meshing well together, and that should be a fun one on tomorrow night.
0: Yep, and also a couple of games for on tap for Sunday to pay attention to. Of course, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the LA Clippers. Of course, the Thunder uh, climbing back to they're not at five hundred yet. They're are at six and seven as of this recording. Uh, They'll uh, take on the Los Angeles Clippers on the road. On the road, the Clippers are eleven and four. And then looking at the nightcap, the New York Knicks. As of right now, they're at five hundred. With an 8-8 eight and eight record, they're still on their West Coast World Tour. They'll take on the Portland Blazers, who are 8-6 and six as of this moment. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, he'll have to carry this team again, Laquina. I don't know if you saw that injury to CJ McCollum from the other night. Yeah. Uh, that is a huge loss. And, of course, one of their big guys um, will be out six weeks as well. So well, we all thought that Portland will finally turn the corner this year. They, they have another setback with a couple more players uh, dealing with injuries.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's a tough one. I think. I think, like you said, I think Yerkes is also out too for Portland. So that that's going Yeah, be he's great. the one out for
0: six weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that that's gonna be another issue for Portland. You know, Portland was sort of you know hanging by a thread there in the fifth seed, but they gotta be without their two top guys. And look, I mean, Dave can only do so much. Also, Carmelo too. So it's gonna be very just see mm-hmm. what it's gonna be just see what what Portland does.
0: And also, to Lakina, as we uh, before we close out the NBA portion. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, um, they're going to be um, off a few days until they deal with their COVID issues. I know the Bulls are supposed to play them on the road next Wednesday. But um, as we talked about in our last episode, Likina, uh I don't think the league is going to shut down. They'll have to power their way through this thing. But you don't want this to get out of hand, but at the same time, the, uh, uh, the NBA knew that they were going to have to deal with issues like this because they're not in the bubble. Everybody's not staying in one place. So this is just another example of how they, uh, uh, it's a, a challenging time to uh, get through this thing. And also
1: Washington, too. They, they were supposed Yeah, to play they in haven't what? played in
0: almost a week and a half, yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't want to exaggerate, but they haven't played in a week, almost a week and a half.
1: A little over a week, you know, they were supposed to have played Milwaukee tonight, but that's been postponed, of course, due to COVID. So, unfortunately, I, like you said, I think the NBA, I think they realized that, look, there's going to be some problems with some teams. But look at the NFL. I mean, look, they had their issues, but they're, they've been powering through. and We're only a few weeks left before we crown a new Super Bowl champion. So, mm-hmm. I'm, hope, I'm sure NBA is hoping that they do the same thing.
0: Yeah, and those games that were uh, postponed, that will be made up uh, during the second half of the season after their all-star break following the first week in March. Uh, Let's move on, Lakina, quickly to your games for the weekend for people to pay attention to as far as college basketball is, is concerned. I know that the final line I got back on track the other night with a big conference went on the road.
1: Yes, they did. Again, a much-needed win there. But also, but unfortunately, their Michigan State game, that's supposed to have been tomorrow. That's actually supposed to have been a Fox game, but that's been postponed because of COVID issues with the Spartans program. Texas and TCU, you know, there were some issues with the TCU program and COVID. So that game's been postponed for tomorrow. Although, you know, some good, some, some good ones here. You got KU in Oklahoma. KU hoping to bounce back from the loss to Baylor earlier this week. UConn and Creighton, you know, a, a Big East matchup. Remember now that, you know, UConn's back in the Big East. Um, Baylor and OK State. You know, Kate Cunningham, you know, the, 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 the cessation, f- you know, for OK State. Uh, that should be a, a fun one there, you know, hoping to kind of knock knock um, Baylor out from the ranks of so the unbeaten. Providence and Villanova. Villanova had a nice win after not playing for, like, almost two weeks um, because of the COVID issues. So they got, they got a big one against Providence. Clemson and Florida State should be a good one. Also, Ohio State and Wisconsin. That should be a fun one. In the Pac-12 out west, you got UCLA and Stanford. Also, uh, Mississippi State and Alabama. Georgia Tech and Virginia, that should be a fun one there. Missouri and Tennessee, you know, like a battle of two ranked teams in the SEC. So, a lot of a lot of good matchups uh, in college hoops uh, this weekend. I'll get to Sunday games in a minute. But also, too, we want to send our best wishes to uh, Nebraska coach Fred Horberg, you know they've you know they've had to shut down their program yeah. for a little bit because of COVID issues with him, and I think a few other some of his players, and I think some of his personnel people too.
0: You know, he's been dealing with some health challenges the last couple of years as well. Hopefully, everything turns out the best for him. We're yeah. thinking about him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, yes. You know, get well, get well soon. Absolutely. So yeah, COVID's freaking havoc and um there's actually a rumor real quick before we know before we move on that they may they may pause you know that the whole season for maybe two weeks because there have been a couple of um women's teams have had to shut had to shut down indefinitely DePaul still having issues so it's 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 really it's getting it it's sort of getting it's yeah it's sort of definitely like you know it's kind of wreaking havoc here and I don't know, Sid. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here because, like, like we've been saying, some programs have, on both the men's and the women's side have you know, had to decided to shut down and just shut down for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, if you're the NCAA, you really don't want to do that. But if it really gets out of hand, you may be forced to do that. I know they announced that the that at least for the men's um, March Madness, the basketball tournament, will be held in the state of Indiana. They had a, a few sites within the the Indianapolis uh, City region the home of the final four but like you said like the health is what's most important of course we all know that these teams are playing these games is because the uh, the big money pot at the end of course we all as I always say everybody in college sports gets paid except for the players that's a whole nother issue but that's reality right now so hopefully it doesn't get too out of hand but if it does they may have no choice but to do that hopefully it doesn't get to that point.
1: Yeah, let us hope not. I mean, a couple other other games for Sunday: Loyal and Bradley. That should be a good one there. Battle of the Area Teams: Rutgers, Indiana. Indiana had with a nice win last night against Iowa. Big upset there and over at Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know, looks like they're playing pretty well over there down there in Bloomington. But uh, yeah, so definitely some interesting developments here. We'll see what happens because there have been a lot of postponements and a lot of and some cancellations too.
0: Yep, there, there is. There right. has been, hopefully, we can power this thing through.
1: Fingers crossed. Okay, Sid, what do you got for me?
0: All right, I was listening to a national show the other day, of course, now that it, uh, those of you listening around the world, of course, here in the United States, we have a new president, uh, number 46, president number 46 and Joseph Biden, of course, the vice president is uh, Kamala Harris. I'm, I'm I'm assuming I pronounced that name correctly. Of course, we all know that we do not discuss politics on this show. We are a sports show. We're going to keep it that way. But uh, this national show I was listening to the other day brought up an interesting topic called sports pardons, and they were giving up, of course, uh, I don't know if it's been a tradition of the previous presidents uh, doing this, but of course, 45, we all know who that is. We won't say the person's name. (laughs) But... Uh, 45 gave gave out pardons to a whole bunch of people, including uh, Little Wayne, the rapper, and the, I believe Brian Urlacher's brother, Casey Urlacher, for some yeah. stuff you can look it up yourself. But um, he gave out pardons on his last day on the job. And this host uh, had his uh, segment called Sports Pardons, giving out pardons, and basically forgiven the horrible acts in the sports world, like, for example, Chris Webber's timeout during the 93 NCAA basketball championship game between Michigan and North Carolina, if you guys remember that. Um, of course, we had some other uh, national uh, tragedies in, in the sports world on the field, of course, that uh, that uh, I'm not I'm remembering, remembering right now. But I want to bring it home locally, Lakino. Do you mm. have any Chicago sports partners, any athlete – it could be current form or former ex athlete that you like to give a pardon to and to say, You're forgiven. I'm not going to waste my energy on you anymore. i am forgiven you. Uh, I'm not going to throw my unnecessary anger at you anymore. I have to, but I'll let you go first. <laughs>
1: Um, I have a couple, I guess, maybe voices of Lou, I think at the right of the top of my head. I mean, the way he reacted after mm. that whole thing, whole thing with uh, Steve Barton, Steve Bartman. I mean, look, I already mm-hmm. uh, pardoned him, you know, years ago. Um, <laughs>
0: that, look, yeah, so you were like, right already headed the curve.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, thank goodness. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, the way he reacted, look, I, I forgive you. I think, look, who knows? We don't know what, how all any of us would have reacted in that particular situation. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a part in there. Uh, you go ahead, because i, I got to think of another one, because I have a couple myself. I'm trying to think of another one.
0: Okay. My first one is, of course, it was kind of long per but uh, after the 2005 World Series, which my White Sox sweat the Houston Astros, all was, quote, unquote, forgiven in my world, because up until that point, the best White Sox team I've ever seen was the 93 team. Of course, they lost to Toronto in six games. Of course, Toronto won the World Series, beating Philadelphia that year in 93. But the one person that I was so angry at in 93 was the A.L. Cy Young Award winner for that year, Mr. Black Jack McDowell. That's (laughs) right, He lost not one but two of those games during that series, and I was so upset. I'll be honest with you, Lakina. I was so mad at him, and rightfully so, at that time that he didn't perform up to his uh, capabilities in that series. Of course, uh, the White Sox lost all three of their home games during that series. They won two of the three games in Toronto, and of course, you remember too at that time Jordan announced his retirement. Yeah. Uh, during game two of that, I think it was game game. No, I believe it was game one of that series because that game one was at night, and yeah. so yeah. Uh, uh, folks can go look that story up right there. Uh, so I'll 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 give a, a pardon to Jack McDowell. Of course, he's one of the best pitchers in Sox history. He kept it up for another uh, couple of years. I'll give a pardon to him. This next one, I will think I will never say this coming out of my mouth. Uh-oh. But watching last, last Dance, and, of course, I know he's passed away, uh, the wow. late great and basketball Hall of Famer Jerry Krause. Okay. As a fan, I didn't like what went on at that time during the 98 season. Of course, he was an easy target like i said those of you have not watched ice dance go look at it uh you know to get uh, uh further history lesson on that so uh, my two partners are Jerry Krause and Jack McDowell, as far as chicago sports are concerned
1: oh gosh i think i thought i had another one there but i don't think i do but yeah yeah the, the, look jack i you know jack medall i think he was definitely up there with me cuz i think I really think that the White Sox could have won the World Series either in 93 or the, the very next year of course, you know, it would the 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 baseball season was shortened, so there was no World Series. But uh yeah, I mean it, it it's interesting though. I mean, I I yeah. I mean, if you're like sports as a whole, I think who would you give a pardon to? Do you give a pardon to perhaps maybe uh scott norwood i think that's probably someone i probably would give one to. that's a good one
0: that is a good one
1: because i i think look he got mercilessly hammered and probably still does if you saw the uh, the 30 for 30 with those that told you the story about those early 90s buffalo bills mm-hmm. pardon me
0: fall for buffalo. go look it up on youtube folks
1: yeah it's yeah it, it's it's a great doc as it as most of the mm-hmm. the 30 players usually are um, he he got he got hammered, and I can't imagine what that would have been like if he was on social media mm-hmm. and, that, and that happened during this era of social media. I can't imagine what he would have went through. So I'm I'm i will mm-hmm. do it for Buffalo, especially if Buffalo ends up winning winning you know this year. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That they all will be forgiven. You know
0: that's going to get brought up, especially if they win it this year. Absolutely, oh, yeah. definitely. I think the oh, city of Buffalo loved Nordwood, but. Like so, across the country, the people are still throwing shots shots at Norwood.
1: Yeah, that yeah. that
0: that is a good one. I'll yeah. give my national sports partner to to uh, Sky Norwood. Like so, I wasn't really mad at.
1: No, I wasn't either. That was the thing. I, I was But,
0: you know, yeah, so long, uh, Buffalo falling short, and this how starting, blah blah blah. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Look, I was mad That wasn't is a good one. Good call. And also, like like you said, Buffalo. Look, look, the Buffalo are some of the classiest fans in the country. So they forgave him, but everyone else, you know, just were just hammering him all over the place. And mm-hmm. I can imagine, I can't imagine if this had happened now, what that would have been like for him, if he, especially if he was on social media. Ugh.
0: Yeah, real quick before we continue, Lakina, as a Chicago sports fan, and I was thinking about this too last night. I will not. I repeat, will not give a sports pardon to Hugh Hollins. <laughs> 1994, Game 5, Bulls, Knicks, Scotty Pippen did not foul Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis said it himself to Tom Doerr at the time on Sports Channel Chicago. Scotty Pippen did not foul me. Hugh Hollins, you will not get a pardon. Go <laughs> uh, to hell, uh, jump in the lake, and die.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Being humorous, the, of course. Oh, of course, of course. On, on that note, what are you looking forward to this weekend?
0: Oh, that's the end. <laughs> oh,
1: look, look, if you want something else. I mean, look,
0: Leo, what okay. else do you have? No, no, no. no, no. I know we got to get up out of here, but I'm um, um, looking forward to this weekend. Of course, Championship Sunday in the NFL. Let's see, see if the brady Rodgers matchup will be a classic one for the ages or will the Packers dominate? On the other side, can the Bills pull off an upset at Kansas City? Is a, It's a realistic possibility. How will Patrick Mahomes perform, though? Those are the interesting storylines I'm looking forward to. Of course, the hot the games highlighted in the NBA, as we mentioned, including the Bulls. So there's going to be a lot of uh, game watching, games watching for yours truly this weekend via my TV and my computer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Same thing, same thing for me. Look, I'm look. You know, championship Sunday is one of the best days in sports. You know, we're going to, have to be, both these games should definitely be classics. You know, both going down to the wire. I, I really believe that's what's going to happen. Um, what else? Of course, you know, the college hoops matches also the NBA matches I just mentioned, and uh, the little, you know the Blackhawks. You know, I'm 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 mentally prepared, Sid, for them to be the worst team in the league. I I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mentally prepared and ready for that because I I I this just, just just. Ugh. That game against, the uh, brother. That, that last game. They yeah. Ugh, just, just. yeah. I know they had
0: their home uh, opening series this weekend against the Detroit Dead Wings. I believe Sunday's game is on NBC for the whole national audience to see. If you do not come out at least with a split, something's wrong with you. I'll leave at that.
1: Well, also to NBC uh Universal. They're shutting down its Sports Network, NBC S N um, John Oran, who does a great job, you know, been covering Sports here mm-hmm. for, year, for years. He just announced that they're ceasing their operation at the end of the year. So a lot especially I guess a lot of their stuff, you know, the, the, the NHL, the premier league, I guess is gonna be going over to the Universal NBC Universal sister Network, you know, USA network. So it's gonna be spread out to all different networks. I feel for the people there because yeah this is, this is how a lot of those sports you know have, especially the EPL you know me being a big soccer fan an international soccer fan yeah. that's how it became popular was because those games were on NBC Sports Network now you're seeing their operations and what well, what's going to happen are you, are you going to put it all in on, the, on their on your Peacock app I mean what, what's going on also for the NH, NHL and, and of course you know Joe the, the, the TV rights are up I believe this year right Sid or maybe next year I'm thinking I might have I think day.
0: next year we'll, we'll, we'll do some research on that but it's coming up on it pretty soon uh, I th- we'll, we'll probably get into this more next week but will this open the door for ESPN
1: oh yeah because they got ESPN plus now they can put they put some of the games on there if they want yeah so yeah We'll see. Gonna be very interesting. We'll keep you updated on that. So on that note, you can follow me at Kim McGee on Twitter and at Keensky McGee on the
0: IG. You can follow yours truly, Sid the Kid on Twitter uh, in and the Instagram at sidkid 80 Once again at sidkid 80 That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can go to our website, we are com. that's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio dot com for all of our articles, podcasts, and other special features on that beautiful website as well. You can follow our podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from War Media by simply simply typing in that search engine box, War on Anchor, wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and that iHeartRadio. Type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor, and you can follow us on YouTube, at War Mia, once again, at W-A-R-R Mia. You can only wa- listen to us, but watch us live. All right. As you throw kisses to
1: the crowd. Wham, 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 wham. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. So, keep your mask up, wash your hands, and be careful out there. Some of the stuff's been going on, but it's a new day here mm-hmm. in the States, so hopefully better things are yet to come here. So, for Sid, I'm mm-hmm. Akia. You guys stay safe. And also, too, it's going to be snowing. You know, we're going to have a, you know, a mini snowstorm this weekend so you'll know, get what you need you know be safe out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and you know we'll see you next week this is XS sports zoom style
0: till next time holla